0: Welcome to episode 23 of The Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes.
1: And I'm Nathan Ruby.
0: Well, Nathan, we're into a few weeks of 2022.
1: What's What's the year looking like for you so far? Well, so far, the year has been freezing cold. That is uh, that is my biggest takeaway for the last two weeks. <laughs> but other than that, it's been awesome. Oh, well, it sounds like it's going to be warmer
0: uh, today and a little bit this week. So it's just it's trying to make up its mind. But uh, anyway, hopefully you get your coat and you'll get warm and we'll go forward in 2022. That's right. That's right. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're talking about getting your 2022 fundraising plan ready to go. Now, I have to admit, and Nathan, you know this, uh, this is not the most exciting topics for me in, in some ways, especially over the last few years, but little by little, I'm getting better at fundraising and uh, knowing what to do and getting plans together. Um, And I I am enjoying learning from you, and I appreciate your your insights. And, And Nathan, maybe if someone's just joining us for the first time, maybe just a little bit about your background. Why is fundraising such an exciting and important topic to you?
1: Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been doing this, uh, for over 20 years and my first job outside of working for my dad in, in our family business was a, and that's a whole nother long story, which we won't go into, but, um, I was hired as a, as a director of development. Um, and I didn't even know exactly what it was. Um, I, I, I got the job because I knew everybody in the leadership at the, at the nonprofit. And that was one. And two, uh, I was the only one who was willing to work for the salary they could afford to pay. And uh, so that's how I got the job. And thankfully for me, they hired a consultant to work with me and teach me uh, fundraising. And that's where I learned. And that's where I started. And And over my career, um, it is, I've been with organizations as small as a $150,000 budget and as large as a $20 million budget. Uh, running fundraising programs uh from from all ranges uh and then also as executive director and so you know i i have my my skill sets lie in the major gift area that is where my true expertise is uh major gifts capital campaigns uh but um working for the the various organizations that i have i have become also a a, a general practitioner with the, the full comprehensive development program with, you know, annual fund and major gifts and plan giving and everything in between. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it is my entry into the nonprofit world was through the fundraising side of the equation. And so that's why it's, it's kind of like, when I talk about fundraising, it's going back to my roots. And uh, it's always fun for me.
0: Well, you've probably heard me say this before on the, on the podcast, but I can definitely confirm that Nathan is one of the very few people in this world who gets up every day excited to go ask people (laughs) for money. Um, And, so, I, I appreciate that. He's been very helpful to me in uh, in my journey. But today, let's jump into to fundraising and what this might look like for you in 2022 and your fundraising plan. So, Nathan, I have a few questions I want to ask you about this today. So, first of all, what in the world is a fundraising plan? What are you talking about when you bring that up?
1: You know, it's um, when you say fundraising plan um, and, you know, if you go to Google and you and you search uh, fundraising plan, um, you actually you're going to you're going to get over six hundred and eighty eight million hits, um, which is a ridiculously high number of hits. Um, But I always like and I always counsel people instead of thinking of it as a plan, think of it as a roadmap. And if you remember, if uh, for those of you that are mature enough to remember prior to GPS and prior to your phone, um, you would go to the map, whether it's a state map or an atlas, if if it's a national map and you would open it up and in front of you would be all of these roads and all of these different paths that you could take. And fundraising is kind of that same way. It's If you thinking of it from from a map perspective, if you're in Chicago and you want to go to uh, Dallas, Texas, there are I don't know how many different combinations of of pathways of roads, interstates, highways, roads, local roads. There's just there there's literally millions of ways you could probably go from Chicago to Dallas. And the same way in fundraising, there is all kinds of things that you could do to generate revenue for your organization. But what a fundraising plan or what a fundraising roadmap does for you is it defines for you how you're going to do it. How are you going to go from Chicago to Dallas? We're going to pick a way. It may not be the best way. It may not be the worst way. It may not be the easiest way. It may not be the hardest way, but we are going to pick a way. We are going to pick our path, and we're going to start driving from Chicago, and we're going to go up, and eventually we're going to end up in Dallas. And the same way with with your fundraising plan, it is it tells you what you're going to do, and often I think more importantly is it tells you what you're not going to do. Uh, if you are if you're in Chicago and you're trying to go to Dallas, you probably aren't going to go to Minneapolis first if your goal is to get to Dallas as soon as you can. Well, same way in a fundraising plan. If you are a, uh, a small organization with a $100,000 budget and you have one staff person and that's you and you are three years old, you are not right for grants. You just, you just aren't going to, you just will not be able to compete in that situation. So grants are not going to be part of your fundraising roadmap. And so it tells you where you're going and more importantly, where you're not going.
0: So let's talk a little bit then about what it looks like kind of maybe somewhat practically. So what, what does a fundraising plan look like?
1: Yeah. Um, there is there is no one size fits all. Uh, this is not a cookie cutter uh, situation. You are uh, what works for you, and what is right for you is not what's right for the organization down the street. And I think what happens a lot of time, and this is kind of the same way with strategic plans, is you people they they get too complex too quick, and they create this beautiful document that's got all of these you know circles and lines and you know all of these things. And it's just way too big and way too complex to, for most organizations. Um, and so what I always suggest and what I what I practice myself is keep it as simple as you can, but then at to get started, but then as the organization gets bigger, you can build out from one year to the next, to the next, to the next, you build on that and it gets bigger and more complex as you go. And so to, to get started... Um, I think there's three the three primary key components that you need in any fundraising plan. Uh, first is a goal. And the goal, because we're talking about fundraising, the goal is is always a dollar goal. Um, we need to raise $50,000. We need to raise $100,000. We need to raise $10,000. Whatever it is, we have a dollar goal that we are are trying to raise. Um, so that's that's where you start first. Then second is strategy. And strategy is what are the what are the the types of fundraising we're going to be doing. So there's a there's a just a, a, an endless number of strategies. So major gifts is a strategy. Corporate fundraising is a strategy. Planned giving is a strategy direct mail is a strategy events is a strategy grants is a strategy there's multiple other strategies as well and and this is where you know fundraising is both art and science and this is a little bit of the of the art of of fundraising of trying to determine what is the best way for us to be successful fundraising uh if you're if you're a small organization You are not going to fundraise like the biggest hospital in town. If you're a a small organization in town, you are not going to be able to fundraise like the university that's in town or whatever, you know, the biggest organization in town. You just can't do that. So you have to pick strategies that are right for you. Uh, And then third is tactics. So a strategy, uh, let's just pick an easy one. Let's say direct mail. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to direct mail is going to be one of our primary fundraising strategy. Well, then you have tactics underneath that. So, you know, how often are you going to mail? Are you going to do, are you going to segment your mailing? Are you going to, um, you know, are you going to do five mailings a year or six mailings a year, two mail, uh, whatever. Um, And so under each strategy, then you have three, four, usually, usually no more than four. If you're a small shop and you have just a, you, you're the only staff person, or you have just a couple of staff people, you know, usually I'd recommend maybe two strategies and maybe three tactics under each one. Um, that's a, that's enough to get you going down the path to, to doing some specific intentional fundraising. Uh, there, are there and, other things? Are there other things, Nathan, yeah. that may come in later? Yeah. And as you, as you build out and you get more complex, then you can start putting in, okay, you know, we're going to do a, uh, uh, we're going to do an event, uh, this year. And that event is going to cost us, you know, $5,000. Um, and so, you know, you could start adding a budget to your fundraising plan. Um, and because obviously when you're fundraising, you know, the old, the old saying, it takes money to make money. Definitely applies in in nonprofit uh, fundraising. So you can start to build in budget. You can start building in staff assignments and timelines, and I mean you can you that that is where your your fundraising plan goes from simple to more robust. But don't get caught up in robustness right off the bat. You'll get it going, and then year by year as you build it, you get more and more complex as you go.
0: So let's let's assume that I had some kind of a plan. Maybe it was scratched on a three by five card or uh, it was a conversation a, I had with napkin. someone, a napkin, yeah, <laughs> over coffee. Um but let's say can I just can I just do
1: what I did last year? Yeah, sure you can. I mean, that's a viable that's a viable option. And There's probably a a math theorem or something for this, Uh, but if you do what you did last year, you can assume generally that your experience will be the same as last year. So if you do the same fundraising strategies and tactics that you did last year, if you do it again this year, you can make the assumption, and, and usually it's an accurate assumption, that you will raise about the same amount of money as you did last year. Um, now, of course, that assumes that all things being equal. So it assumes that you know your your biggest donor you know didn't go bankrupt or your you know something happened in the organization that that where you lost the trust of your of your donors or you know assuming nothing massive happens you can make that assumption. Well, the 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 other side of that assumption is that if you want a different experience if you want to raise more money then you can't do exactly what you did last year and expect a different a, a different response um isn't that isn't that the definition of insanity doing something the same like thing that, over yeah. and <laughs> over and expecting a different a different outcome right. um so if you want to raise more money then you have to do something different than you did last year whether it's a new strategy or different tactics or you have to do something different. Like it does it have to
0: does it have to be huge? I mean, does it have to be, you know, something major? Is it is it just depending on where you see the organization going, basically, right? Yeah.
1: It, it does not have to be a massive change. And actually if if you do significant changes year over year on your fundraising plan, it that that can sometimes backfire on you. Um If you want a, uh, let's say we're doing major gifts and let's say that you have, uh, let's say a major gift for you is $1,000. And remember the scientific definition of a major gift is any gift. When you open up the envelope and you say, holy smokes, that's a major gift. So fill in the blank, $500, $1,000. 10,000, whatever is the right number for your organization. If you are, if your strategy then is major gifts, we're, we're going after more thousand dollar gifts, then your tactics for that to expand that would be okay, instead of calling, you know, three donors a week and having a, a, a phone conversation with them or a face to face conversation, I'm going to increase that to five. So if you go from three direct conversations a week, to five direct conversations a week then you can expect that your major gift program will pay more dividends will generate more revenue. So those are those are the type of changes maybe it's more of a tweak than a than a massive change but if you if you're doing major gifts or if you're doing event if you're doing any of these strategies and you say well you know the goal last year was our event was to make you know Six thousand dollars, and we only made five thousand dollars. So we're chucking that event this year. We're not going to do it anymore. That, <laughs> then you're starting over, brand new, with something else. So now there is a time to stop doing something for sure, but that is after multiple years of trying to tweak it and make it a little better, trying to you know change tactics, add some, subtract some. Then over you know some extended period of time, two, three, four, five years, you realize, okay, this just isn't working. Then you can you can jettison that and bring in something new to replace it.
0: So maybe I'm sitting here and to be honest, I I don't have a plan. I know I need money. Uh, I've yeah, kind of been yeah. funding it out of my own pocket. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I
1: really. So what? Do, where do I start? Where do I start with a plan? Well, if you want the the biggest bang for your buck, the the biggest return for the expense that the fundraising expense and the biggest return for the amount of time that you spend the single most important thing you can do is pick up the phone call your donors and if they're local if you're able to schedule a time to go to their house or have them come to you or go have coffee with them wherever wherever you're most comfortable whatever works for that particular donor sit down with them and share your story that is that is the single best strategy and tactic that you can come up with and and i would say if you are if if you're an executive director and it's january and you had a tough year financially last year, or even if you had an okay year last year, but you realize that this year in 2022, I have to do something different. I have to do, we have to raise more money because the need is out there and we're not fulfilling the need. We've got to have more revenue. The single most important thing for you to do is start connecting with your donors face to face, whether it's you know in the same room or on Zoom, however you have to do it. And start telling your story and asking them to to support you. That is that is the best single thing you can do.
0: So Nathan, is is there benefit? And I appreciate what you just said. Is there benefit to try to put this on paper? Like, is it to, is to write a plan down? And and if so, what what might that look like? I mean, you kind of touched on that a little bit, but.
1: Yeah, I I think there is value of having it written down on paper and and for a couple of things um one is it it's you you do need to be able to show this to your board and your and your top donors um you know your the donors that you're closest to um, you do want to be able to share this plan with people because you want your board to buy into it. You want them to help you as best they can and in, in the particular areas that they're they're best suited to. And so I, I do recommend that you are going to, you really should have this written down, but I, I'll caution you don't get too wrapped up on the formatting, you know, whether it's vertical on the paper or horizontal on the paper, or whether you've got, uh, you know, I uh, what it looks like is aesthetically is totally up to your personal preference. You can make it look however you want. Um, Some of the most uh, successful uh, fundraising plans that I've seen were literally one page in outline form. You know, it was, here's our strategy. We're going to do, um, you know, we're going to do, uh, what whatever we're gonna do uh, direct mail we're gonna do direct mail these are the three things that we're gonna do uh we're gonna do one event um this is these are the three tactics to go with that and they've got you know two or three strategies three or four tactics under each one that's the plan this is what we're gonna do uh, those are if if you are trying to fundraise 250,000 or under that's probably you know that's probably gonna be sufficient enough to get you going. Uh, down in that, that right way. Uh, You just, you don't need big, you know, 10 page fundraising plans that I, you know, now consultants will, consultants will sell you that. uh, And I've done a lot of consulting. so, you know, I'm talking about myself, uh, but you don't need that to just get going, just get it down on a piece of paper. So you know what you're doing. And again, knowing what you're not doing. So
0: I know I've said this before, uh probably on our podcast, but I can when we start talking about fundraising and this is some really good information, I I go back to a a leader that I used to work for, and he he would always say, we're not in it for the money. But if we don't have money, we're not in it. And I think, you know, that's the key. This this is a a a significant area to give time and effort into so that the, the mission of the organization can go forward. So thanks Nathan for sharing this. Any any final thoughts maybe to send us off with.
1: Don't make the mistake when it comes to creating the plan, roadmap, whatever however you want to reference it, don't think that the secret sauce or the silver bullet is in the plan itself. The power of the plan is that it focuses focuses you to consistently, methodically, and passionately share the story of the amazing things that your organization is doing and asking your donors to financially support you. That is the power of a fundraising plan.
0: Well, Nathan, thanks so much for sharing from your expertise, your wisdom, and experience. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be helpful to people who are listening. If you have maybe other questions or comments, maybe you'd like to engage with Nathan on some specific ideas or thoughts, you can always reach us online at nonprofitleader.online. That's nonprofitleader.online. And Nathan and I's emails are also always in the show notes. So you can contact us directly. We'd love to hear kind of how things are going for you in 2022. And if you have challenges or questions We'd love to uh, to hear hear from you. And also it'd be great if you could leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast that lets people know that we're out there and uh, connects us with them and we can be helpful as well. So thanks again for joining us today and uh, all the best for 2022. Until next time.